You are listening to the CEO Mom Podcast, the podcast that puts super momming into perspective. I am your host, Vonna Matthews, Editor-in-Chief of CEO Mom Magazine, and I am so excited to share this podcast with you. We are going to talk about everything that pertains to being a mom, the importance of self-care, entrepreneurship, and career, and trying to figure this thing out called balance. Is it obtainable? Do we care? Join us for all that and more on the CEO Mom Podcast. Hello, moms. I know I say this a lot, but today is no exception. You are in for a treat. Today, I am talking with Katrina McGee of Loving On Me. She is going to share tips on how to integrate self-care into our daily lives and how to realize your self-worth. For more than two decades, Katrina McGee has been a champion for women. Having served on the executive level for two of the world's largest nonprofit organizations, the American Heart Association and Susan G. Komen for the Cure, she has traveled around the globe advocating for and inspiring women in more than 12 countries on three continents. In 2012, she embarked on a new adventure, channeling her passion for women's empowerment into launching Loving on Me a global movement encouraging women from every walk of life to love themselves and in each other more. As founder and chief inspiration officer, Katrina invited thousands to join her on the journey, forming a tribe of women committed to spreading love, sharing inspiration, and shifting the atmosphere in their local communities. What began as a simple blog and online social group has grown into an empowered woman's inspiration destination, providing tools and resources that ignite women around the world to become leaders in every aspect of life. Through her book, Loving on Me, Lessons Learned on the Journey from Mess to Message, she continuously challenges women to win the war for their self-worth by embracing their true purpose, passion, and peace. Listen in as we get real with Katrina McGee on why self-care is vital to your success. So we are super excited to have on the CEO Mom podcast today, Katrina McGee. We interviewed her before, and she will be in one of our upcoming 2018 issues, so stay tuned for that. And she shared so many amazing life nuggets that we had to have her back for the podcast. I just want to say thank you so much, Katrina, for joining us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. To let our listeners know a little bit about you, you are an author, speaker, mom, and senior executive. Your senior executive roles include executive vice president and chief marketing officer for Susan G. Komen and national director of marketing for the American Heart Association. How did your career as a senior executive begin? I think it started out like most people as an individual contributor. I was first in accounting and I did that for about a year and I was like, okay, this is not for me. So (laughs) I went back and I got my MBA and I switched to marketing and did agency marketing and sports marketing until I found my home really in cause related marketing. I could marry my love of business with my love of um, making a difference in the world by working at a global organization. And, um, At uh, less than 30, I got my first promotion and started in the leadership track. And by 40, 
I was a vice president. So I had really an accelerated career into leadership that I loved. I absolutely loved. And um, it was definitely a challenge balancing that with a son and at certain points, entrepreneurship too, because I have always loved owning my own business, whether it was on the side or I stopped working for a while and did it full time. Awesome. So you were a senior executive while being an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the things that I've I've learned in my life is to um, really listen to the whispers of the spirit as they happen. So I would often have a little thing on the side that I was doing. Um, while in leadership, I would also have like my own jewelry business and I would buy it wholesale and we would sell it across a couple of states. Or uh, at one point I was a Tupperware lady, which is really hilarious given that I don't cook a whole lot. Um, but I am a person who just believes in uh, exploring all of life. So I, I'm not saying that all of the businesses were really big, but they certainly all taught me something and prepared me for where I am now. Awesome. So you did talk a little bit about the challenges, of course, with balance, but also we know that as women, there are a lot of challenges that come with being a woman in a senior executive position. What were some of those challenges for you and what did self-worth play in dealing with those challenges? Oh, absolutely. And on top of everything else, I was at some points a single mom too. So I had a couple of things going on. First, I was the only woman of color in a senior position when I was at um, Susan G. Komen that had made it to the, to the level of chief. And that had its own unique challenges, coupled with the fact that I was a single mom um, and trying to balance a global travel schedule. You know, it's really interesting when you're a woman that is operating at a senior level or owning your own business, there's, of course, always the guilt that comes with being a mom and not giving everything you would like to give to your kids, Um, but also just the challenge of trying to balance taking care of you, too. You know, you you feel compelled to try to um, justify your worth or your seat at the table by constantly being available and present. And so the first thing that falls off is, of course, self-care. And I was really challenged with that, particularly toward the end of my time at Susan G. Komen. And, and by the time I left, I, I was honestly, I was a hot mess. I was having um, anxiety attacks and I was suffering from severe anxi- uh, exhaustion because in trying to control everything around me, I eventually lost control of me. And I think, you know, as women, we have to be very careful of, of putting our own needs to the side. Exactly. I agree. Thank you so much for that transparency. I think it's so important that people do understand the process and the things that you go through in order to get to a certain place. Thank you so much for sharing that. So you transitioned from being a senior executive for two powerful organizations to creating Loving On Me, and you've touched already on self-care a little bit. Loving On Me is an international brand designed to help women make self-care not only a priority, but an integral part of their daily lives. Tell us more about Loving On Me and how it is helping women prioritize self-care. 
Yeah, I love our global tribe, man. These are empowered women who have the audacity to believe that they can lead and succeed, that they can prioritize their priorities, um, and in doing so, um, give their very best to their home, their community, and help make the world a better place, all without losing their sanity. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I first started it in 2012, it was right after coming out of that season where I had to take a time out. And I said to myself, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do, but it's time to do something different. I am smart and capable. And like many women, I wear a lot of hats, but I don't believe that I have to leave myself off of my to-do list. So Loving On Me was started as a cry for our self-worth, to learn to love ourselves and each other more uh, in the most practical of ways. You know, we tend to think, oh, I love me because I think I'm cute or, oh, I love me because I like the way I look. And loving yourself is so much more um, intense than that. It, it requires making conscious choices that are in our own best interest. And that can be very hard sometimes, um, but this tribe supports each other and affirms each other's worth. And we not only inspire people, but Loving On Me also equips people with the tools they need to succeed at being in the driver's seat of their own lives. I love that. We did a podcast earlier where we talked about the importance of a tribe. You have to have women around you, you know, to keep you grounded and to be real with you. I want to ask you about your timeout. You said you had to take some time away. What did that look like? Well, for me, it took um, a couple of you know months to actually heal. I needed to focus on my physical wellness, but also mentally to figure out why I had gotten to that place. You know, my observation is a lot of time we have these life interrupted moments. And for me, it was a sudden job change that was brought about by illness. For other people, it's a divorce. It's it's just something unexpected that stops us in our tracks. This is what am I doing and how can I do it better and differently? Um, but, you know, a lot of times we don't take that moment for self-reflection. It's like we change spaces, but we don't take the time to transform our lives. And so I really took a deep dive and said, what is it? that caused me to feel like I had to try to get my self-worth from what I do versus who I am. Who am I really? What are my opportunities? And when I learned to reframe my thinking about my self-worth coming from who I am and not all the things I do, it was revolutionary for my life because it allowed me to get off the hamster wheel of constantly trying to prove myself and to operate more in a space of grace. And so, you know, my book kind of outlines that process of going from understanding that I am enough, who I am, who I was created to be, it is enough, all the way to I am unstoppable. I love that. That's a word. That is a powerful word. I love that. And I love the way you said, take that time for self-reflection, not just change spaces. That's a great word. We often limit self-care to getting our nails done or taking a break or having girl time with friends. And that's all great. But you consider this to be a treat or reward system similar to what you would use for puppies. What is the true definition of self-care and what are some ways women can integrate it into their daily lives? So I, I tell people to think of loving on me like a lifestyle and everyday intention to love you more. And, you know, so often in life when we want to love on ourselves, we go to the spa or we get a mani-pedi. And I, 
listen, I love all those things. I'm all about that. Um, but, you know, I, I liken it to my puppy, Romus. when he does a good job, I give him a treat. I'm like, oh, yay, you can have a treat today. Um, and that's how we how we treat ourselves. We did a good job. And, oh, yay, I'm going to treat myself to go get a mani-pedi instead of, you know, I, I need a mani-pedi. I'm going to take care of myself. Um, daily self-care, loving yourself, though, goes beyond that. And there are three tips that I give every woman, regardless of what uh, you do in life or what your family dynamic looks like that really help you um, understand this, this long-term commitment to self-care. The first is to set the tone for the day. Before your feet hit the floor, just take a moment before you get out of bed and do anything else to take a moment of gratitude, to just be thankful, to be here, to be present in your body and mostly in your right mind. You know, that that life is a gift and we get in that space before we get out of bed. It really sets the tone for a day of thankfulness and of gratitude and to look through the lens of that I am just excited to be here. Um, the second thing is to cultivate selective ignorance because, you know, there's a lot of negativity in the world right now. If you watch the news all day, every day, you could easily fall into a space of depression or woe is me or what can be done. And so I challenge um, us in particular that are busy and are juggling motherhood and entrepreneurship or business women to cultivate selective ignorance, you know, decide how much regular news, how much social media, how much uh, we're going to take in for the day and then cut it off. You know, because what I have discovered is that if there is real news in the world, it will find you. You don't ever have to look for it. It will find you. Uh, and then finally, focus and finish your top three. You know, most of us have a to-do list that's 30 things long, and then we're racked with guilt at the end of the day that we didn't get it all done. But I mean, you know, we weren't going to get 30 things done in a day to begin with. So if you focus on the top three things that you have to get done for the day and then finish those, you end with a level of accomplishment that's much higher. You get off of the guilt train because you didn't uh, you don't feel inadequate because you couldn't finish your list. And the things that are a priority got your highest and best attention. Awesome. We are definitely going to include those tips in our podcast notes. Thank you so much for sharing those. So continuing our talk on self-care, it's hard to talk about self-care and not discuss self-worth. What role does self-worth play in prioritizing self-care? Yeah, so from the womb to the tomb, we have a war, a war on our self-worth. You know, as women, when we're younger, people tell us we're too young to do a two. Uh, something or we're too small. And when we get older, we're too old or we're overqualified or when we're a mom, it's, you know, there's always something that challenges us to feel good about ourselves and to see ourselves as uh, worthy. But Dr. Angelou had a beautiful quote that I love that said, you alone are enough. You have nothing to prove to anybody. And I think when we begin to see ourselves as beloved children of God that have value and worth from the moment we get here to the moment that we leave, we value ourselves differently. And then um, just by default, we want to care for ourselves in a different way. I mean, things that we value and that we think are of worth, we take really great care of. 
I mean, we we treasure those things and we protect those things. But because we don't see ourselves in that space, we often let self-care go to the side. So before you can even activate or think about um, self, the type of self-care I'm suggesting, which is to say yes to the things that really matter and say no without guilt to the things that aren't for you, you have to value you. You have to know that you are of worth in every season of your life. I love it. In every season of your life. I like that. That is so powerful. And it is so true. Can I just tell you, I I turned 50 this year and it's so funny because people are like, don't tell people, don't tell people your age. Don't talk about that. And I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like, this is a milestone. I am so excited to be here. But I realized what the world had told us about getting older prevents us from celebrating this, you know, incredible milestones in our life. And I just hate that for us as women, because every single season in life has something new and different and joys and opportunities. So no matter how old you are, no matter what stage your kids are in, whether you have two-year-olds running around and the house is constantly a wreck, you have a child who's graduating from high school or college and, and that by default is throwing you into another season, be where you are and celebrate it. Know that you are worthy. Even if your kids need you a little less, even if they don't want to hang out with you, you still have value. So as women, we do struggle with realizing our self-worth, which impacts our ability to take our rightful seat at the table. What are the first steps to realizing and living out your self-worth? So the first thing to realize is that where you are is is where you're supposed to be at this moment in time. One of the things I find for um, women in corporate settings is that we're at the table, but we won't own the authority. It's like because our self-worth, we're struggling with it. We're constantly trying to prove that we are worthy to be at the table. So in a lot of my coaching and a lot of my courses on Loving On Me Academy, it's to understand who you are, the value you bring to the table and how to boost your confidence in every situation. Because until you sit at the table and own your authority, you can never make the impact you were created to to achieve. Um, And the same thing happens for us for business owners. You know, a lot of us struggle with our pricing, particularly in service-oriented businesses. And and we want to... play the low cost game because we don't understand the value of the intellectual property and the services we bring to the table. And so it has this amazing impact to to challenge us to uh, live small when our self-worth is not in order. So when you feel yourself saying, how did I get here? Uh, Am I really qualified for this? You know, I don't know if I can charge that much. You know that it's really a struggle rooted in self-worth. That's good. So don't just sit at the table, but understand that you have the right to be there. You have the authority to be there. I love that because that's what impacts your interaction and your ability to make change. So you talked earlier about mom guilt. I mean, the struggle is real. We've all struggled with mom guilt. It's something that comes up pretty much in every conversation I have with various moms. Why do you think women struggle so much with mom guilt, no matter how much we do for our children? Oh, because we want to give them the very best. And we Mm. have let best be defined by uh, what people have told us we should do. And so we operate in this space of 
what I should do and never explore what could be. Um, one of the things I learned, you know, cause I'm a little farther down this road. My son is an adult. Now, one day I was telling the story of how I've traveled my whole career. And I was talking about all the things I missed and he was sitting there listening to me. He said, you know, I really don't even remember any of that. What I remember is I used to get to go on vacations with you that were awesome because you would have business trips in these amazing places. And I would get to go with you sometimes. And that's what I remember. I don't necessarily remember like you missing all these things you're talking about. I don't even remember those things. And it was such an aha moment for me that the joy of his life was when I was present when I was present. It wasn't the things I missed. It was the time we had together and he was the focus of my attention. And so I, I challenge moms now because I know this is such a thing. I had terrible mom guilt. Listen, my mom was June Cleaver. She cooked meals three times a day. I had little lunches with cute little notes in it. She was an early version of a Pinterest mom before Pinterest existed. And here I am, a single mom that runs out the house in the morning, stops at the donut shop to pick up kolaches while I zoom off to try to get him to school, which sometimes he's late and I get the look from him because he is an on-time person. And then I got to leave work at 517 every day to be there to pick him up at six o'clock. And we may or may not pick up dinner on the way home because I definitely don't have time to cook. And I would just feel so bad about that. I mean, it would just drive me crazy. Um, but looking back on retrospect, the one thing I did right is when I was with him, I was with him. And so I, because I was present, whether it was five minutes a day or it was five hours a day, we had a relationship that sustained even when I wasn't perfect. Um, and there, there was no censure from him. And so over time, I've been able to release that guilt from me. Be present when you're present. That's good. So talking a little bit more about loving on me and what's next for it. Where do you see loving on me in five years? Wow. That's, you know, that's a really hard question to answer because I'm trying to be present and listen to the whispers of the spirit. I can tell you some exciting things that are going on now that I, I think would be great resources. Number one, in January, we launched our academy and we have three courses up there. Um, after I released my book, um, Loving on Me, Lessons Learned on the Journey from Mess to Message, I realized people would say, oh my gosh, I read your book. And then I read it again. And then I read it again. And it was flattering, but I was like, okay, but I want you to like apply the principles to your life. And so I decided, you know, I wanted to intentionally not just inspire women. I wanted to equip them with the tools they needed to succeed. So we have three courses up now that do that, one of which is a free course that talks about getting off the train of trying to find work-life balance and instead create it. You know, it is it is not hiding under a rock. If you want balance in your life, you have to prioritize your priorities. And this takes you through step by step how to do that and what you need to sustain and achieve your goals. So hopefully you all will have a chance to check that out, because I do think when you understand the power you have over your own life and then activate your authority, you really can be at peace. There is possible to be successful and sane, to achieve amazing things, but you have have to prioritize. And that's with anything in life, your business, your home, wherever. Um, second, I'm going on a speaking tour this fall and I'm super excited about it <laughs> uh, because I love, I love teaching and speaking particularly to women who are doing amazing things at the office and through their businesses and in their community. And this is a, um, 
a tour called Ready to Lead, Five Strategies to Accelerate Your Career. And it's with Dr. Elizabeth Lombardo and the folks over at WFF. And it really is a, a day-long immersion, but we walk with you for a year after that. So those are two things that I see on the horizon that can have a great impact. Oh, oh, and I forgot the other big thing, which is I have another book dropping this fall. I love that. You have to come back and update us. We are so excited about all you're doing. I know that the book is going to be as amazing as Loving on Me. Congratulations on that and everything you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's a good season. I'm taking it one day at a time. I have learned to try to release myself from the results and to walk at the pace of grace. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can, if we can work where we're planted and be present to see the opportunities right in front of us, life goes so much easier than we, when we try to push things forward on our own timing. So that's not always the easiest thing for me, but I am a work in progress for sure. I'm so excited. So this speaker's tour, does it include Dallas? It does include Dallas. It does. As a matter of fact, it kicks off in Dallas in mid-September and um, has 11 other cities, including one stop in Canada, in Toronto. Awesome. And is this information on your website? It is. um, Actually, it's on the WFF website, but I will make sure that your listeners have a link. Uh, But if they go to WFF.org, they can see it too. Awesome. Thank you. So how can our listeners connect with you and the Loving On Me movement? Well, they can certainly go to lovingonme.com. That's where you can find out about our free course and all of the other things that we have to offer. Um, as a matter of fact, I go, I challenge them to go to lovingonme.com and send someone a love gram. I believe in um, affirming and encouraging each other. And it's a great way to um, send a little love note to a sister that you want to walk along and support. Uh, and they can also join me on social at I am loving on me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Well, thank you so much, Katrina. This has been so much fun and so informative and inspirational. So thank you for joining us again. We are so excited that our listeners are going to be able to learn more about you in one of our 2018 issues. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's always super fun to chat with you. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. As always, it's a pleasure to have you. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and rate us. We'd greatly appreciate it. You can connect with us by subscribing to our newsletter and quarterly magazine at CEOMomMagazine.com. Until next time, this is Vanna Matthews with CEO Mom, the publication that puts Super Mommy into perspective.